There's a new virus in the database. We have a zero bug attacking all login and all the way files. Run antivirus. Give me a systems display. Good day, everyone, and welcome to a new Rising Cyber episode. Today, our discussion will be a combination of major cyber attack and breaches that took place in the last couple of months. We're talking here Optus, Medibank, Latitude, and few other unmentioned breaches that didn't make it or was a little bit shy to make it to the news for various reasons. I'm not going to make this episode or podcast a news outlet or a platform of stating what the flavor of the hacks is going on this week or month, but taking this opportunity to talk proper cyber hygiene and what could or should be done to avoid these situations. Just a quick mention to all the US and European listeners, as I'm noticing a huge number of listeners are from this region. I promise to start including more varieties and issues from your neck of the woods. Having said that, what we will mention today is very imperative in its scale, and you will relate to it easily. We aren't in the business here to point fingers, but to lend a helping hand, so let's get started. So it's all started on a Wednesday when Kelly Baez Rosmarin, the CEO of Optus, received a phone call while waiting to at the airport to onboard a Qantas flight back to Australia from the U.S., with the former New South Wales Premier Gladys Brzezinklian, who was the newly appointed Optus Managing Director for Business and Enterprise. On the other side was the Optus CIO informing her of the bad news. By the way, she didn't make it on this flight as Qantas didn't have proper in-flight Wi-Fi and she did the right decision. It was at this time that Optus CEO was informed about the hack. It's a situation no CEO would wish to face. A cyber crisis was declared, a war room situation was at hand, a whopping 9.8 million records of customers' data has been exfiltrated. Within days, the cybersecurity minister, Claire O'Neill, rightly and angrily so dismissed Optus statements that it has been attacked by a sophisticated operator while making a novice error, leaving the door open for the cyber criminals to let themselves in with a welcome ceremony. As it was known, Optus customer identity database was exposed via an API, thinking it was a gap staging environment while it wasn't when they saved the production data there, which allowed the cyber criminals in without requiring any sort of authentication. Let's face it, this wasn't even a hack, it was a handover. This unrestricted public facing API has been left there for three months. Another big mistake was customer data incrementing identifiers, which made the work of any malicious actor so easy, allowing them to just simply write a basic script that would exfiltrate the whole database of 9.8 million customers. These major big mistakes are still happening to this recent day, more than we think. As just recently, Service New South Wales exposed very sensitive customer data for more than 90 minutes on their website. Imagine people's sensitive data, such as driving license exposed. And more disturbingly is that no questions were asked and no responsibility taken. Only if these organizations and government departments follow basic cyber hygiene. 
many of these cyber incidents could be easily avoided. Now, despite the fact that Optus owns few cybersecurity companies, they kept Mandiant on retainer to assist on occasions such as this one. The good thing Mandiant has done few incident response preparedness and understand Optus environment across people, process, and technologies. Interesting enough, Mandiant was already in engagement with TPG, another teleco provider in Australia, as their email servers were hacked and emails of 15,000 IINet and Westnet users were exposed. In a statement to the ASX, TPG apologized unreservedly. Remember this phrase, as you will see it mentioned on almost every statement after a breach. Seems that they all bought from the same cyber PR toolkit, maybe. The most critical data, Optus was scared, it was compromised, wasn't even the normal PII driver license and passport, but data that all telecommunication firms are required to retain for law enforcement agencies. We're talking here details of customers' web browsing history, physical movement via mobile, tower pinging, and so on. Here we need to applaud Optus CEO brave decision, as despite the regulations that gave Optus few days longer to gather information, she made the decision to announce the breach at about 2 o'clock on Thursday afternoon, which is not long after she was made aware. This act of transparency we haven't seen or witnessed even in the newer breaches that took place after, meaning Medibank and Latitude, where we saw the CEOs taking cover. Doing so, Optus created a climate where cyber criminals can't easily profit, as going public very early creates a heightened awareness and means customers know to be on alert for phishing scams. Now, if Optus and all other telecom providers treated our data with respect and only kept what is required and necessary, and had proper cybersecurity architecture in place, as they missed the critical point of a basic cyber architect, one of the primary goals of cybersecurity architecture is to allow businesses to continue functioning without disruption and perform work functions despite whatever might go wrong around them. And this is what we have as SD3 plus C, secure by design, secure by default, secure in deployment and communication. I hope they include this in the post-incident lesson learned section. Using customers' data in such a manner is simply unacceptable, and the Minister of, for Cybersecurity was a champion on this occasion. In incidents like that, it's taken no prisoner situation. For Medibank, which is a private health insurance company, you can estimate how sensitive their data would be. It is one of those incidents that should be a case study taught on what is a typical phishing and account enumeration is and how selling compromised accounts on the dark web works hand in hand to create a major data breach. That what we call or label in cybersecurity the salami effect, where smaller actions incremented will create a major problem. As they say, no raindrop blames itself for the flood, but they all play their part. Once inside, the threat actor identified the location of Medibank customer database and then used the stolen privilege credentials they bought on dark web and exfiltrated the 200 gigabytes of data by zipping these files and extracting them through previously established backdoors. 
This resulted for more than 9 million customers' data record breached, with records like names, date of birth, passport numbers, Medicare claims, you name it. It's exactly the data you don't want anyone to have. It's almost certain that the resurrected cyber criminal group, Reevil, was responsible for this attack. At least here they, were, they went through the window and weren't invited through the door. But cyber criminals didn't even have to do any lateral movement as the compromised attack was privileged enough to do all this damage. From some dark web chatter, it has been confirmed that the malicious actors persisted in Medibank network for at least a month before they were discovered. They even offered to sell Medibank their insight into the company's security systems and infra as part of the ransomware package deal. That's some good after-sale support. Again, could Medibank have a proper 2FA in place? Any conditional access forcing more conditions to apply or just the simple least privilege on display? And most importantly, a cyber awareness training. This would have been easily avoided. We need to stop blaming our staff and provide them proper cyber awareness training and stop calling these attacks sophisticated and complex. We will talk more and mention APRA at, as this is with Latitude connected and concerned with and see if these frameworks are really working for us. Latitude Financial Services. Again, here we'll see an account compromise. At first, Latitude announced that it was only 330,000 customers affected in this breach, which turns out to be 14 million, making it the hack of the century. How could they get it so wrong with numbers? Or were they trying to downplay the incident? Now with Latitude pointing fingers at DXC, speculation is that it all started with an DXC privilege account. And as well, DXC issuing a cryptic announcement stating that our global DXC technology network and customer support networks are not compromised. All that add and confirm these speculations. It is very clear that Latitude has serious issues with their access control and almost zero maturity in their cybersecurity program, which will bring us to the CPS234 usefulness. Although Latitude uses CrowdStrike as their primary cyber partner, they seem to have called the help of Mandiant and even brought in CyberCX for this investigation. The derelication and previous mentality of Latitude and their logic their line of thought that they have partnered with other cybersecurity partners, hence they transferred the risk. What they did was outsourcing functions of their cyber work and not the risk. They still hold full responsibility and accountability. Customers trusted Latitude to do the right thing with their data and not any other party. So instead of creating a circus, take ownership and provide support to your customers and not just jump ship. Now, talking about solutions and frameworks, as you know, we've seen, we provided insight of what the issue was and what or should have been done to avoid uh, these situations.
Regarding Optus situation, they are under the critical infrastructure or cyber and infrastructure security center. The website is cisc.gov.au. Really useful if you go there and see what they have. Any industry in energy, communication, data storage, uh, transport, space, technology, defense industry should be regulated by that. If they even have an act, it's called the Security of Critical Infrastructure Act 2018. As you can see, uh, there is so much good literature there, but the question is how much is it really impl implemented and active and uh, worked with? So this is where we have to look into and assess if what we have working for us or not. Now, as well with Medibank plus to that, Medibank and Latitude should have been following many industry regulation framework. One of these standards is the APRA CPS 234. APRA stands for the Australian Prudential Regulated Authority. And the CPS 234 is the information security standard. Any regulated entity should follow uh, under that. These uh, regulated entity, if anyone under the Bank Act, Insurance Act, Life Insurance Act, Private Health Insurance Act should follow uh, that. And what does that imply? Uh, that uh, regulated entity take resilient measure against any information security breach or incident. The key objective is to reduce the impact and likelihood of cyber incidents in regard to the CIA of assets. Define the information security related to roles and responsibilities of senior management executives and board, maintain operational risk and threat and assessment, implement controls and protect asset and data, and notify APRA 72 hours before, uh, after an incident or 10 days when you identify a control uh, in your environment. There's a lot of frameworks and standards and you know you would hope and wish they are being followed uh, to a certain degree that they avoid situations uh, like that. But uh, from what we've seen and what we're reading, it's not something obviously need to change. Uh, the current situation is obviously not working. All these mishappens with Medibank and Latitude is exactly what APRA promised to fix. And we can see the scale of the problem to this day. Are we going to wait who is going to be breached next or what flavor of the week the new leak will be? There is an NSA saying, attacks only get better, they never get worse. So are we getting ready for the new challenges ahead? Organizations should move from the always prevent mentality in the cyber landscape to a cyber resilient approach, which is prevent, detect, and respond. Combining proactive and reactive cyber incident management to recover from a cyber breach. And not only on papers and not only with compliance saying that, yes, we follow and we see what we're seeing today. I can say that Optus CEO gained my respect, although Optus did all the wrong things, while I can say the same regarding Latitude and others. That will be it for this um, episode. Thanks for listening that far and have a lovely day. Thank you. The Rising Cyber by Chad Sally B.